A man with a Y will endure anyhow. Welcome to the Redacted Culture Cast for Friday, the 9th of December, 2022. Today's podcast is a bit of an experiment, but it is also intended to be short. So thank you for listening. Now, what if I asked you a question? I'm going to ask you a question, actually, so spoiler alert. What is the single thing that makes Army Rangers... Navy SEALs, Delta Force operators, and whatever the title is, what is it that makes them so dangerous? What is it? What is the single most contributing element to their capability? Now, this is intended to be a bit of a trap question, so if you want to cue the Admiral Akbar, uh, this is a trap meme, go ahead. But the, the question stands, what is it that makes the Navy SEALs so effective? We might answer that question in multiple ways. One of them is training. They're very well trained. They've spent years and years and, and rounds upon rounds and days upon days training and practicing their skills and honing their skill set, all aimed at a certain objective, being able to accomplish the mission. What is the mission? Well, there you go. We're starting to hint at it. Another answer might be logistical chains. It's the fact that a Navy SEAL can dedicate all their time or an Army Ranger can dedicate all their time to becoming in, to getting in better shape, in better capacity, in better skill sets to accomplish whatever the mission is at hand. That's another one. Another one might be actually the existence of the mission itself. The very fact that the Navy SEAL or the Army Ranger or the Special Operator, whoever they are, has a mission is the thing that makes them so dangerous. And that eludes at the point. And I think the answer to the question, in many ways, is actually sanction. Not necessarily to be depicted by the series of books on the table, and if you know the history behind them, uh, or the, the books on the shelf, you, you, you might cue some more questions. But sanction, or it's not permission, but it's, it's sanction. When the Navy SEAL or the Army Ranger or the Special Operator or the Soldier goes out and does the task, they know that they are doing it, um, they, they, know, they know that they're doing it with the sanction of their government, or they are doing what they think is right, and they will not be punished for it. Now, what does this do to apply to gun culture as a whole? It, it raises the question, what is it that makes us most effective, most unified, most directed? And the question is not the stuff that we have, the training that we get, the uh, speeches that we give, the arguments that we make. It's rather that we have something that we are aiming towards. Gun culture thrives when it has a direction. And those and the things that we use to give us direction are oftentimes very personal, but sometimes broader, cultural specific, or even political. We might say that the objective of gun culture is to defend the rights of the individual to self-preservation, to, to defend human rights. And the defense of a thing sounds very good, but the challenge about defense is it has to have something to defend. It has to value something. And you cannot win a war by defense alone. Not everything is a war of attrition. In fact, wars of attrition are really only fought until somebody runs out. And the wars of attrition are just teeny elements, teeny examples that have existed across war. Our conflict, 
or anything whatsoever. And a war of attrition is a really easy thing to base a video game off of, but a really difficult thing to focus on reality. In fact, we know this in very simple cases. Gunfights in the real world are not based on how many respawns you have, but that's just a kind of a nice, plucky way of saying it. Rather, that which makes us effective is having a goal to aim at, and that is the thing that is defining contemporary gun culture, and that is the encouragement for today. For as gun culture continues to grow and evolve, one thing that is very relevant today that was less spoken of 3, 4, 15 years ago, 50 years ago, was what for? For example, for we no longer live in a day and age where simply existing is enough. In fact, I think we can say with a certain amount of certainty that those days never existed. When we look back at history, one thing that we do not see, or if at all, at often if at all, is the struggles the individuals went through in order to answer the question, what for? For when we look back at history, it seems obvious. We are looking back and seeing the effects of their choices, not all of the things which motivated them to make the choice. In fact, we oftentimes look at history in attempts to try to understand what those individuals mo individual motivations were. So, how do we see this play out in gun control or gun culture? Jeez, that's a slip of the tongue. Uh, how do we see this play out in gun culture? Let's look at the way that we make judgments about both our own acquisition and purchases and that of others. When, you, when we purchase a new gun or do whatever it is, we very rarely list its features as if they were justifications in itself. Instead, we create scenarios, whether in our head or in, re in reaction to very real things that are happening before us, and say, this tool will solve this problem. I need to get better at doing this in this competition, and this piece of equipment will help me get better at it, whether, because, whether the funnel of the shotgun will be more open or the training tool will help me practice it. But both of those are nil, if we don't have the objective to focus on and the willingness to learn how to do it. This week we had Josh Freilich on the show and he talked about widget chasing when it came to competition shooting and how when he began, when he finally stopped chasing widgets and started chasing performance, his skills got much, much better, much, much quicker. When we apply this to gun culture, when we look at what we're aiming at and we do the hard work, and I will make the argument that it is some of the most difficult work, of determining and discerning exactly what we're aiming at, looking at our metaphysical structures, our ethical goals, what we are aiming at when we do the hard work of determining what that is. We, we create the force that, that drives everything else within gun culture, maybe even culture as a whole. And so, this also makes sense when we look at arguments that are made in regards to gun control is they have a easily defined end, even if that end is to be called into question. That easily defined end is something ambiguous and unanswerable as saving lives. But we know that it doesn't really save lives. And that's tragic, like it just is. Or if it does, it comes at some great cost. We know that safety itself is not an end goal in itself, but a means to acquiring something else or achieving something else. We don't think of safety 
when we think of storming the beach. We don't think of safety when we think of defending our family. We don't think of safety when we think of building a life worth living. Safety itself is not an end goal. And perhaps that is one sin that can be laid on the feet of the, the FUDs or the boomers or whatever, is the obsession with safety might have put us in this place that we are now. Whether it's legal recourse safety or just using equipment, it's, it's, it's kind of, you could almost go infinitely with that question, which does struggle with becoming a monomania. But when we talk about what is it that makes, let's just call them operators because it's trendy at one point in time, operators, one, so effective, and two, so attractive, is that they act and they have a direction in which they're acting. So the challenge to gun culture today going forward is what are we aiming at? And I'm opening this up and inviting you to reach out and say, what do you think the goals of gun culture are and should be? What do we want to see when we think of gun culture moving forward? We might look at it in scenarios in some sense. We want to see a world uh, within gun culture that's not necessarily as segregated in its own ways between veterans and non-veterans. Yes, I can understand that. Segregation might not be the right term. Um, We might want to say we want to have a more clear hierarchy of skill sets or hierarchy of values. We might say things like we want, uh, we don't want to be constantly under the pressure, uh, under attack by gun control within our government. Sure. These are all good goals, not to be dismissed, but to be defined. And that is something to take courage of this weekend and this week going forward, is that gun culture is turning back to the question of what for and willingly engaging with that question. What is it that we use as, what is it that motivates us to purchase the thing? Sometimes it's as simple as I want the thing. But all of these things we know are better off when we point them towards a goal. And we oftentimes evaluate the decisions that we make in relation to that goal. And when those goals are unstated, we struggle with finding the motivation. And so here's a challenge that comes with gun culture. When we said earlier, when I started this uh, podcast earlier with a man with a why will endure anyhow, we were quoting Nietzsche. Nietzsche is a really good example amongst, amongst intellectuals. There are people who quote Nietzsche, and there are people who know Nietzsche. And, you know, for all of his popularity within the certain circles, it can be a little laborsome to see how often he gets approached, he gets quoted as if it presented intellect itself. So, don't assume that I'm smart because I can quote Nietzsche. I haven't read nearly enough of his work to have a clear understanding of everything he was saying, nor do I think he was a prophet. That's that's just kind of sidebar. But when it does come to gun culture, what are we aiming at? What does winning look like? If we can come together, and as we continue to come together and define these questions and, and try to answer, even attempting to answer these questions, we do all of gun culture a service. That service is very likely the thing that will drive us forward. One element of gun culture that we do understand is that it is not an end in itself. The right to self-determination pre-exists or exists before the right to self-defense. The right, the human rights, existed before 
governments. Short statement. If it is a government that grants you the right, it is actually not a right, but a privilege. And we believe, at least I believe, that the right to self-defense and the right to own a firearm is a human right. So no government can tell me that I can't do it. Well, they can, but they can't do it without infringing on my rights. And that argument might sound good, but it means an entirely different thing to answer what for. And, it may, and that means I need to evaluate and consider whose opinion about that question I want answered, or who, whose opinion of that question um, I'm concerned with. And this is fundamentally the question that we're facing. So when it comes to gun culture going forward, here's an example of something that I think would be considered good. I think it would be a good thing if gun culture gained so much, continued to gain so much momentum, that's probably the best way, gun culture gained so much momentum that the absurdity of the NFA was repealed. We, the people who are aware of guns and how guns work know that the NFA is mostly a, a series of arbitrary rules. Barrel length does not make barrel length itself is not a justification for whether or not one barrier to entry is provided or another. It just isn't. Uh, suppressors are not uh, the, the 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 just because a thing is dangerous does not mean that I I'm bought, prohibited from possessing it. That is not itself. A justification. Another thing, though, more culturally focused, that I'm encouraged by is that I see gun culture moving towards um, raising families, building itself, building community. What does building community mean? It means that we have a place where we are, we are trying to define a place where we belong. We are seeking out one another. We are growing together. It is a hard battle, trust me. If you feel alone, know that you are not. There are others of us out here. And if you alienate yourself, it's only really on you, but okay. Another element of gun, gun culture that I am, I am encouraged by going forward is that, um, that, that I would like to see come out of gun culture. And this is maybe just a personal thing, is that I think that... Um, I'd like what I, one thing that I'd like to see in gun culture is that we spend a lot more time doing than having. But I think that I think we're already on that path. So, uh, in regards to redacted going forward for the rest of 2022, here are the things that you need to know. One, we're st we're closing the store on the 16th. Next week there'll be a couple of the jackets added. But going forward with jackets, uh, if you would like one and there's not one in your size, reach out to us one way or another, and we'll open up a conversation and we can inv invoice you for the materials, finish the work that's necessary, and then get one to you when it's finished. That's going to be an option we're going to try going forward. Reach out. We'll see what we can do. Um, if not, uh, we have some going live on Monday. And I think we're going to determine the time in the uh, later part of the day so that people are uh, not, not stuck at work and unable to make an order. That being, the, that being the case, <clears throat> my challenge to you and my objective here going forward is that as we engage with gun culture and as we engage with these ideas of rights, of reason, and we look at the possibility that we are the pioneers of the new world, 
or are of the world going forward, we never forget that we are first responsible to our families and our and the people around us. That we can seek out ways to make each other's lives better. One thing that I'd love to see out of gun culture is that we spend less time fretting over potential tyrannies and more time spent figuring out how to make each other's lives better. So I hope that this show is making your life a little bit better this weekend. I hope that this show is giving you a little bit of that red meat instead of just basic ideas. It's giving you something to think about. It's honoring you. Uh, I hope that this show is, I hope that as you listen, um, you know that I'm thankful for your time. I'm thankful for the, the intellectual energy that you put into this work. And so this has been the Redacted Culture Cast for 9 December 2022.